Hey, it's Scott Petrick with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. We've been waiting for resolution in the Deshaun Watson case to record this training camp preview, but camp opens tomorrow and arbitrator Sue L. Robinson still hasn't ruled on Deshaun Watson's case as of Tuesday morning. A decision could come at any time, but until it does, the pod must go on. Joining me as always is Dave Chodowski of Go, the WKYC Morning News. Chad, are you ready for training camp, and how are you doing? Scott, I'm doing great. I am ready. Uh, the question is, are you? <laughs> you're the one You're the one who's out there every single day, so I got to ask you that question. Yeah, I mean, I got most of my laundry done, so I got shorts and shirts to wear. I got a final round of golf in Monday. Um, well, okay. Hopefully not the final round of the year, but the final round um, until at least the Browns have a day off, I think. Um so, yeah, I'm as ready as I could be. Obviously, you know, this Watson thing is just hanging over everything. And we've been talking about it since he got here, right? Um, I yep. thought we'd know by now. Um, but it doesn't look like we're going to know before the players take the field Wednesday. Uh, you know, I yeah, think practice I... starts at 2 o'clock Wednesday. I don't know if we're getting – it doesn't look like we're going to have resolution um, before then, which is pretty surprising to me. Well, now that you just said that, it's going to come out uh, tonight because we just because we're we're taping this on uh, Tuesday after uh, Tuesday morning, so it will come out tonight. Now, there you uh, go. But you're you're right though. You know, this morning I was talking with some people at work. Uh, you know, I work the early shift, so uh, I already got my day in, and we were talking about you know training camp starting tomorrow, and you know someone said. Hey, is the decision coming down today? And I just said, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and try to pretend I know because a lot of people thought it was going to be this weekend. I've I've predicted that it would be on a Friday between three and five. You know, the old Friday news dump. Um, So yeah, I thought it would have come down by now. And you obviously said you feel the same way. So uh, I I just—is there any way to know when it's going to happen? I mean, this really puts the Browns in a tough spot. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't think there is a way to know. I mean. At some point, Sue Robinson will give the NFL a heads up, right? It's coming, or she'll just send them the decision. And then it'll start to either the news will leak, or at least the Browns will get an idea, Deshaun Watson's camp will get an idea that something's coming. But from the people I've checked with, that we're not even at that stage yet. So, um, you know, it doesn't mean it couldn't, you're right, it doesn't mean it couldn't happen later this afternoon, it doesn't mean it couldn't happen Wednesday morning. Uh, but it certainly looks like the Browns are going to start training camp without the knowledge of if Deshaun Watson is going to miss time, which we assume he will miss time. We assume he will be suspended. I think all parties are working under that assumption. Uh, and then, but the question is how long will the suspension be? So, you know, you said the, it puts the Browns in a tough spot and to some degree it does. I think it puts fans in a tough spot because they're looking, they want to know, and, you know, I, I think they wanted, you know, obviously they want to know how long the quarterback is going to be out. And it kind of changes the way you feel about the season, right? Um, if he's only out for four games, let's say, which seems low to me, but it's not impossible. Then I think Browns fans would start talking about the Super Bowl, right? But if it's 10 games, then you start wondering, okay, can, can, you, can the team survive 10 games without their franchise quarterback and still have a chance to go to the playoffs. And it's not out of the question, and we'll talk about that. You know, they got a good running game. they got a good defense. Um, you can win games that way, and maybe you, you know, maybe get Deshaun Watson back for the stretch run, and that's the difference. But I think the attitude of fans 
if not the team, right? The team will try to keep a stiff upper lip, but you know, in their heart of hearts, they would probably feel the same way as the fans. Um, but the fans' perspective of the season would certainly change depending on the length of the expected suspension. Now, saying that, what I don't think changes, Chud, is how the coaching staff goes about preparing for week one. Because if the expectation is Watson will be suspended for the start of the season, right, whether it's two games, four games, six games, eight eight games, whatever it is, we're assuming that that's going to start week one. So, therefore, if you're Kevin Stefanski, maybe not day one of training camp tomorrow, but at some point you have to focus on getting ready for Carolina September 11th with Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback. So I think you head into camp and say, okay, Jacoby Brissett's got to get the majority of first team snaps at quarterback, first team reps at quarterback, especially because during the offseason program, OTAs and minicamp, he did not. Deshaun Watson got all the first team reps and he got a bunch of the second team reps because the Browns were trying to get him to learn the playbook. And he was coming off a season which he didn't play at all for the Houston Texans. And I don't know if it shifts day one, but at some point, and I would say some point relatively early in camp, I think it needs a shift to Jacoby Brissett getting those reps, at least I would say the bulk of the first team reps, not all of them. I don't think you want to freeze out Deshaun Watson. I think you want to establish him as your leader. You want him to take some first team reps um, and then probably get other reps maybe after practice or late in practice with rookies or third teamers, whatever it is. So he can try to be as sharp as possible. But you do have to prepare Jacoby Brissett. And then if the suspension turns out to be a short suspension, then you can figure out, okay, how do we get Deshaun Watson ready? But then if it's a long suspension, you need Jacoby Brissett to get as many reps as possible. So I don't think for the Browns perspective in a, you know, let's plan each practice. I'm not sure not knowing about Deshaun Watson, the length of his suspension on day one is that big a deal. It, it's it's more kind of on a macro level where you just want some certainty about, you know, the most important guy on your team. You bring up two great points, right? So, you you know, you'll have your eye on, on reps and how that goes. But, yeah, going back to, you know, what I said, it puts them in a tough spot, is, is that drama factor, Scott. And how many years, and we've done this a million times, and, I, you know – whether it was on TV or on this pod or you and I have talked about this over and over Browns fans do it. It's the drama and it really, it does weigh in and it plays a factor because we we've seen how many issues this franchise has had in the past. And you just kind of would like to know and just not have to have that in the back of your head and not even back front everywhere. I mean, just, you just kind of want it over with and know. Yeah, I think that's completely fair to say, Chud, and I think it's right on the money. And, you know, as much as we talk about players having blinders and you focus on what you can control, we know that they're human, and we know that Kevin Stefanski's human and Andrew Barry. And first of all, I, I think, you know, that that period between end of mandatory minicamp and beginning of training camp is really the biggest downtime in the NFL calendar. And that's when yeah. guys get away. Coaches get away. Right, they close the building for part of the, that time. Um, I, there's no way Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski enjoyed their break as much as they normally would, because if I'm consumed by what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, just from a work perspective, you know they are right, and all the contingencies you need to have. And okay, 
you know, are we going to sign, are we going to work out and sign Josh Rosen? Or what are we going to do about Jimmy Garoppolo? Do we hope, you know, could we trade for him? Do we hope he gets cut? You know, is he our contingency plan if the suspension's a year long? All those things. Um, so I think from a human level, they've been affected greatly, not to mention the off the field and, you know, you're accepting a guy who has this baggage that he brings with him. Just from a football like family standpoint, I'm sure they've been affected. And then I think from a player perspective, if you're Miles Garrett, right, he talked about it during the offseason, that his worry is how are they going to win games if Deshaun Watson misses a lot of time, right? And that's real. And I think that's a real concern for a lot of guys on this roster, especially when you look around and they say, hey, this is a big-time roster, right? We think we can win a bunch of games if we have the guy we need a quarterback. And if you take him away, everything changes. So I, I do think there needs to – I do think resolution will help. And it will enable everyone to shift the focus to some degree. Now, you have to fight the woe is us if it's a lengthy suspension. Um, you know, how do we do this? And then from a coaching and player perspective, uh, there's going to need to be a shift in philosophy, right? Like if Deshaun Watson misses whatever number of games he misses, the Browns are going to have to win in different ways than if he were quarterback, right? You're going to have to run the game. You run the ball better, run it more. You're going to have to play better defense. You have to probably win low scoring games. Hope your special teams contributes in meaningful ways, which it hasn't in the past, um, in the recent past. So uh, yeah, there's certainly the, the fact of not knowing certainly hangs over everything going into training camp. And I, and I also think that the organization probably felt like they would know by now. And by not knowing, um, it does, you know, I think there is a cloud lingering and we'll see how the fan reaction is tomorrow, right? Deshaun Watson's practicing quarterbacks and rookies started practicing over the weekend. He'll be there practicing Wednesday, tomorrow, when we show up to watch fans aren't allowed in until Saturday. Um, but so when fans show up, right? So fans won't be there tomorrow, so we won't get their reaction. But when fans show up Saturday, and let's say we still don't know, um, I think that will put a damper on how the fans' reaction would be on a normal day one of training camp, which you've seen plenty of times, Chud. The place is electric, right? That, that's <laughs> maybe that might be when the anticipation is as high as it ever is, is day one of right. training camp. And it just I, – I would think it would not have the same feeling if – you don't know about Watson's suspension or if it's a lengthy suspension that we know by then. Yeah. Three of the biggest holidays for Browns fans are the NFL draft night. Uh, the first day that fans can come to camp. And then that, that first beer you have tailgating. Those are like the, <laughs> uh, so the, you had mentioned, so fans can start coming on Saturday. I believe it's 11 practices and all fans can attend. Yeah. So uh, tomorrow being Wednesday is the first practice, but fans won't be there just to clear that up for everyone. If, if they didn't know, um, do you, you've kind of touched on it, but why do you think we don't have an answer yet? What do you think's going on as to why it's, it's leaked this far? Yeah, it's a fair question, Chud. Um, I, I think number one is it's a really serious legal case. You know, I don't know if it, if the NFL case counts as a legal case, but you know what I'm saying. It's a serious case, and these are serious accusations. Uh, so I think that's number one. I don't think Sue Robinson wants to make – and she's a former federal judge. Uh, I don't think she wants to rush her decision. I think, number two, she's not on the same 
timeline is the NFL, right? We think of it as, well, the Browns need to know by the first day of training camp. I don't think that matters to her. Uh, and we could probably argue whether it should matter to her. Um, but she's trying to make the right decision and the proper ruling. And maybe she feels the need to reread these briefs multiple times. Maybe she's, you know, rereading the testimony from the hearings, whatever it is, rereading the NFL's investigation that took, you know, 15, 16 months, right? So I'm sure it's there, the NFL's investigation, the paperwork from there is extensive. Um, so I, I think that's basically it, that she's just working on a separate timeline. I think also, and I heard Jim Donovan say this on the news last night, maybe there's a sense of waiting in the hopes that the league and Deshaun Watson's sides will come to some settlement so there's not an appeal of her decision, so there's not potential lawsuits, which we've heard if, you know, if the suspension's a year, um, you know, there's been a report that Deshaun Watson will sue the league. Uh, so maybe she feels like, Hey, if we can avoid that at any cost and I can delay and maybe there's a settlement where, um, you know, I, where the league and Deshaun Watson side can come together and say, okay, we can both live with eight games. Nobody will appeal. Um, maybe that's a reason for the delay. So, you know, I, I think that's it. I, I, but I think the main one is she just is not operating within the confines of the rest of us who are so obsessed with um, the NFL calendar. She's not um, as concerned with that. Yeah, I think those are all valid points. So the Browns, uh, as far as news, there hasn't been a ton uh, of late, but, you know, they went out and got Josh Rosen. Uh, thoughts on that? I mean, we're talking about a guy, he was in the same quarterback class with Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and all those guys. Right. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was a lot of, a lot of people that thought he could be, uh, you know, a superstar quarterback in this league. It hasn't turned out that way. Thoughts on him. Yeah. I mean, he went number 10 to Arizona, right? So he was behind Baker, Darnold and Allen way before Lamar, right? 22 picks before Lamar, I think. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, Chad, I watched, the, and I'm not a scout, right? I need to say that every time I start talking about watching film. But I watched a lot of quarterback film before that draft, and I liked Josh Rosen a lot. And I talked to guys that liked him a lot, people in the league. I think I remember talking to Greg Cosell, the NFL Films guy, about yeah. Rosen as a quarterback. Um, and on the field, I mean, he throws it well. I thought I remember him throwing it accurately. Uh, he's got good size. I think he's 6'4". The problems, which you can't always see on film, seem to be personality-wise. And you heard those rumblings before the draft. And they haven't gone away, or they didn't go away at the start of his career. Now, I, you know, you talk about quarterbacks getting drafted into bad situations. I mean, it goes to Arizona. They fire the coach after one year. The new coach is Cliff Kingsbury, who wants Kyler Murray. So they jettison Josh Rosen and draft Kyler Murray number one. Uh, you know, and Rosen was three and 10 as a rookie. So it's not like you lit it up, but plenty of guys go three and 10 and then get better. Right. Nobody's jettisoning Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. And, he had, and they had a terrible year last year. So um, I, I think that was tough for him. Then he winds up in Miami and plays a little bit and doesn't fare very well. And then they have Tua. Um, so it, it's been tough for him. And again, I'm not removing any blame for, from him. He hasn't played well and his numbers are bad. And he's thrown a bunch of interceptions and his, Completion percentage is in the 50s. Having said all that, I think when you get a chance at a top 10 pick, regardless of position, but quarterback, everything's magnified. 
you take that chance and you see if you can salvage his career. And on top of that, I've heard, and I haven't asked Andrew Barry this personally, but I've heard that Andrew Barry liked him. I've heard this for a long time, that Andrew Barry liked him before the draft. Uh, so if you have that is in the back of your head, you're like, yeah, let's see if this guy can turn it around, especially when the Browns need another quarterback, right? Because, again, we're working on the assumption Watson's going to be suspended. You can't go into week one with just Jacoby Brissett and Josh Dobbs. You need three quarterbacks on your roster. One of them can be on the practice squad, but you need a third guy in case there is an emergency. Guy gets hurt Friday in practice. You need somebody that knows the system, right? So that's why you need that third quarterback. And Josh Dobbs has not started a game in the league. He's only thrown 17 passes in the league. I think the Browns want more experience at their backup behind Jacoby Brissett. And that and Josh Rosen fills that um, fills that category. So or that description. So I, I think those are the reasons you bring him in. And now you don't have hopes that he's going to turn into a franchise quarterback, but maybe the upside is that he turns into a long-term backup for Deshaun Watson, right? I think Jacoby Brissett's only on a one-year contract. So maybe you find something or he becomes a trade piece or you just resurrect his career and he goes on and gets another chance somewhere else. So I, I think it's a uh, signing with a lot of upside. Now, if Deshaun Watson suspended for the whole season, then I still think Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski need to reconsider quarterback and say, okay, can we expect to win 10 games, right? Which is going to take at least 10 wins, you would think, to get into the playoffs. Can you win 10 games with Brissett, Rosen, and Dobbs for 17 games? And I would think no, um, which is why I would keep my eyes open if Jimmy Garoppolo becomes available and you don't have to pay that $25 million contract. Um, you know, if he gets cut by the Niners, then I think if Watson suspended for a whole year, then I think the Browns might try to bring in a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, to me, that just makes sense. Now that's a couple steps down the road, right? You need to know how long Watson suspended. You need to know if Garoppolo is healthy from the right shoulder injury. You need to know, you need the Niners to cut him. So he's, you don't have to pay that huge salary. Um, but I think these are all things the Browns are thinking about, but in the meantime, you need a third quarterback um, minus Deshaun Watson. And I, I think Josh Rosen is probably as good as anybody. I mean, you could have tried to get a guy like Cam Newton, but does he want to come in knowing that he's not the guy? You know, so I think Rosen kind of fits what the Browns are looking for. Yeah, the, the list of guys out there is there is not much. It's definitely um, very dry. So the, the Garoppolo deal is, though, he can be traded, right? And basically what you're implying is, if they can't find a trade partner and then they would cut him. Is that what, that's the yes. only way the Browns get involved because the Browns wouldn't trade for him. Right. Yeah. That's what I've been told. Right. That they're not interested in trading for him. I think that the contract, right. Why would you take on this? It's like $25.6 million. I think. Why would you take on that contract? Um, when you probably don't need to, right. It, the Niners have been trying to trade him for a long time, you know, and it's similar to the Baker situation, the Baker Mayfield situation. Um, you know, but he Baker's contract is smaller than Garoppolo's. It's not guaranteed. So it's not like the night. So the Niners can cut him and save that money. So there's incentive for them to cut Garoppolo. Uh, and we saw what the Browns got, right? The Browns got a fifth rounder that can turn into a fourth rounder if he plays 70% of the snaps with Mayfield. So, you know, what do the Niners think they're going to get? Right. So I think teams can wait, wait it out. Plus, 
he's not at 100% with his shoulder, so it's not like he's missing a bunch of practice time. So I, it just feels to me like it's heading toward a the Niners cut him to save the money, and then he gets on the market, and then, you know, do the Browns, if the Browns are interested, maybe they have to compete with Seattle, right, because we talked about Seattle's quarterback situation. Um, but I, I think that is a more likely scenario. I think it's way more likely than the Browns actually trying to trade for Garoppolo. I don't think that's going to happen. But if all these dominoes fall, I would keep that in the back of my mind. Well, we've talked about it over and over and over and over again to the final time because you were on vacation and we haven't had a chance to talk about it. They finally were able to trade Baker Mayfield. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Yeah, you know, I think it's bittersweet for the fan base, you know, I think for some fans, it's really bitter and other fans, it's, you know, more sweet, but um, I guess my overriding takeaway, Chud, is it's a sad ending, right? Because there was so much for, for the fan base, because there's so much hope when he was drafted with that number one pick in 2018 and the excitement he brought and the attitude he brought and him, you know, I've stood there at the combine in front of him when he said, I'm the guy to turn that franchise around, right? And then, I don't remember if you were there, Chubb, but when the beer bonos Bud Light fridge is open, um, after he beat the Jets on that yeah. Thursday night, right, came off the bench, that place was electric. Downtown yep. was electric. Uh, I remember walking to the locker room and hearing the stadium and it sounded different than maybe every other time I've been at the stadium walking to the locker room, or at least most of the times I've been at the stadium walking to the locker room, besides, you know, maybe when they – made the playoffs in 2002, you know I mean? You know, like that kind of, that kind of atmosphere and energy. Um, And to think, and then two years later, right. You get the playoff victory, you end the playoff drought, you get the playoff win in Pittsburgh. And to think that only a year plus later, it would be so different. And that the Browns were so eager to get rid of him that they would pay $10.5 million just to trade him. It's really it's a little bit mind-boggling, right? To see how, at least from public perception and my perception, right? A year ago, I thought they were going to sign Baker to an extension because that's what you do. Your quarterback wins a playoff game. You expect him to get better. You expect him to get that extension. We saw it, you know, we saw it with Carol or with uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals recently, right? Um, But the Browns were always hesitant to do that for a number of reasons, obviously. And they wanted Baker to prove it, prove more, and he was unable to do that year, and we can rehash all the injury, whatever. Um, but they weren't sold on him. And a year later, he's in Carolina. So I, I think it's I think it's just a another hope for Browns fans that went largely unrealized. And, and that's tough, and it's tough for the fan base. Um, and then the second part is it had so much juice to week one. Um, it's going to be cool, right? I mean – I haven't gotten my official travel, you know, travel memo from work, but I'm expecting to be in Charlotte to see Baker play Jacoby Brissett. And I think that'll be, uh, I think that'll be interesting. I think Baker, you know, he acted humble when he had his press conference in, you know, his first press conference in Carolina. He didn't really say anything inflammatory. I would expect that to change if he's going to be the starter week one, which I expect him to be. I just can't imagine Baker biting his tongue for the entire week leading up to that game. I think he'll say something, and I, and I think it'll be a, a really interesting 
season opener like they all are, but this one has a lot more juice to it. Yeah, no doubt. It, it was it was a wild ride. I mean, you know, there were times there. I did a story on it. We've talked about this before where, you know, I felt, and I've told you this before, that if Baker Mayfield led the Browns to the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl, I mean, the, and, and not just him, but just the quarterback of the Browns, the guy, because we saw how loved Bernie was and is. And, you know, I, I would say the quarterback that leads the Browns to the Super Bowl would be bigger than LeBron James. And I, I kind of hesitate to say that a little bit because LeBron won a title. But, I mean, you know what I mean. I, I mean, the, 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 the quarterback position in Cleveland, it is – it, it, it's it's unbelievable the the pressure and and what goes along with it i was looking too at the uh first week of nfl games man there's a lot of good ones i don't know if you breezed over uh, that uh, but you have uh, um russell wilson playing seattle on monday oh, wow. night football yeah you got uh the browns in carolina so the baker mayfield uh rams and uh uh rams in week one against buffalo on thursday okay. night football yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a uh, week one, man. There are some, uh, there's a good Sunday night game. It's, it's pretty loaded. So, yeah. um, I mean, I mean to, one more thing on Baker, Chud. Like, I, I don't, I don't think we can say goodbye to Baker without talking about the inconsistency, right? Played well as a rookie, not well in year two, well in year three, or at least the second half of year three, and then poorly in year four. And it wasn't only on the field, like, it was a roller coaster with Baker on and off the field, right? And when things went well, he rode that, but when thing he rode that wave, but when things went poorly, I don't think he handled it well. And, and I think that is part of when you the Browns take a step back and look at Baker. Um I, I think that was part of it, right? He would get in, you know, kerfuffles with the media and he would, you know, go on social media and, and like those kinds of things. And like, I just don't think he handled everything well. And, you know, I, I think maturity was certainly an issue with him. And I, I think that's part, and I think that's a relatively big part of, uh, the consistency is a huge part. And I think the the immaturity issues were a relatively big part of Baker's story here and the reason he's not here anymore. Yeah, well, if you listen to, you know, some national media and even when he came out, that was a big big talk about him was maturity level and yeah he never you're right yeah he it's almost as if he took things too personally too and the great quarterbacks you know like like Tom Brady they just obviously I went right to the top there but you know what I mean I mean the the best the best quarterbacks are the most mature quarterbacks the ones that learn how to handle the pressure and deal with the media and all that stuff yeah they, they figure out a better way to kind of channel that right they all have the same they all hear everything um but some of them channel it much better Right. All right. Well, before we go, we got to talk about camp. It yeah. obviously opens up on Wednesday. What, what are the big storylines minus the quarterback, which we right. just talked about forever? Um, you know, what are the things you're going to be looking for? Yeah, I did a couple of pieces over the weekend. Um, one was five storylines. One was five players to watch. You can read everything at brownzone.com. Um, but from a storyline perspective, and you can never remove Watson completely, right? But one of the things I'm really interested to see is how the offense has changed from Kevin Stefanski's first two years. Now, I think it would have changed more when if Deshaun Watson were going to be, you know, you knew he was going to be the guy week one, right? Because we know what an athlete he is, what a runner he is. He can run the RPOs. You do a whole lot of stuff with Deshaun Watson. Um, and, I, and I think you'll see more three receiver sets. 
probably see more Chubb and Hunt together in the backfield. So some of those things will continue to be different with Jacoby Brissett, right? Like I think the three receiver sets, the Browns are going to do a lot more of that. Now, I don't think the offense will be as open, wide open and with Brissett as it would be with Watson, right? Because Watson's a prolific passer. He led the league in passing yards in 2020, the last time he played. And Brissett's never approached that. Um, Brissett's more of a game manager. He doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, which I know Kevin Stefanski really appreciates. So, you know, in training camp, I, I just want to see what it looks like, right? You get to see all the plays that the Browns are going to run. Um, and you see them over and over and over. And, you know, how much do they use the three wides? How much do they use the two running backs? I, I want to see how that's changed from Stefanski's first two years when we saw a lot of full, a decent amount of fullback. We saw tons of two and three tight ends. How does that change? And then when we get to the season, um, how, how do they go about trying to win games without Watson with a heavy run game, you know, control passing attack, a big time defense, special teams. Um, that's something I will continue to watch um, as we progress into the season. Um, then you get a couple guys, you know, like the defense, right? I just mentioned it. If you're going to run the ball a bunch, if that's how you're going to win games, at least early in the season, your defense better be lights out. And I don't know how you feel about this, Chud. I'm, in, I'm interested to hear but this defense, I think, has a chance to take another big step. I thought it took a big step in the second half of last season. It let up, it, you know, I think it let up less, allowed less than 19 points a game over the last seven games of the year. It took strides, and all the big pieces are back, right? Clowney's back, Garrett's back, Ward's back, Newsom's back. Um, JOK's stepping into year two. Newsom, uh, the second, is going into year two. Um, I feel like this defense has a chance to take a jump and will need to take a jump in order for this team to figure out a, a way to win games without their franchise quarterback. Um, Jack Conklin at right tackle, what's his health? Um, all reports he's coming along well from that torn patellar tendon. Uh, is he ready to go? You know, I would expect he's on the pup list, which I think would get announced today. Um, maybe not. Maybe he's ready to go day one at camp, but more likely I would think toward you know, deeper into camp, but is he ready to go week one? The offensive line and offense missed him greatly last year when he missed a bunch of time even before, or he missed time even before the patellar tendon. Um, I think you have to keep an eye on the roster, roster moves, right? We've talked about it. Running back is crowded, and I don't think they're going to keep everybody. I think Dearness Johnson gets traded at some point. So do they get a draft pick back, or do they get a player at a position of need? Um which could develop through an injury, or you look at receiver and go, hey, maybe they're receiver short. Can you trade Deunis Johnson for a guy to add depth to the receiver spot? Or defensive tackle, where you just have questions about, do they have the right guys at those two spots? Those are two spots that jump out at me. So I keep an eye on trades in, those, in receiver and D tackle. And then finally, special teams, again, you get, you're going to have to manufacture ways to win, assuming Watson's out. And the Browns made a bunch of moves, right? They draft Cade York high in the fourth round. They signed Jakeem Grant Sr. to be the returner. And they have not had any kind of spark in the return game in two or three years. And you need that to change. Um, and there's going to be a punter battle. So there's going to be a lot of new faces on special teams, a lot of new key faces. And can they add a spark that will be necessary when you're trying to win games 21 to 18 or whatever, you know, whatever those low-scoring games the Browns may be playing. Um, 
so those are some of the storylines that jump out at me. How good do you think this defense can be, Chuck? Well, I think that's the key. I mean, is consistency on defense. And you named all of the stud players they have. You know what I want to see is and, – and Miles Garrett, did you see he got the 99 – was it 99 yeah. rating on yeah. Madden? Yeah. The highest rating you can get. And when the reason I bring that up is because the expectations for him, you know – the one year you have the helmet situation, then you have the COVID situation. What I want to see is Miles Garrett from day one until week 18, right? I want to yeah. see him dominate week in and week out. I want to see him be that guy that you just know with the eye test that is just like not only stats, but just a guy that completely dominates. And, and you know what I'm talking about, right? There's only a handful of guys that can do that. And I, yeah. No, Go you're ahead. right. Don't you think I, – I think we've seen more and more of it, Chud. Maybe not to Aaron Donald level, right, which is right. all-time level. Call. But we've seen more and more of it, and, and I think we started to see more of it in 2020, right? Like that – and it's coming off the suspension, right? Um, I think something changed internally with Miles. But it's probably not where you need it to be where you'd hope it would be just because he is such a talent. Um, you always feel like, man, there's more there. Even when he dominates games, it's like, man, there's more there the next week. So I'm with you. And, I mean, he's a favorite again to win Defensive Player of the Year. Right? Hasn't won it yet, but is the favorite. Uh, but I think that's a great point. Uh, I, I really do, Chad. I, I think that's what's missing with him is consistent domination. Yeah, I want to see him dominate. I want to see Ward stay healthy, right? Yeah. You need your – best players out there i want to see him out there every week and then you want a guy maybe to step up that you weren't expecting to be big right and, and that and that's that, those are the type of things consistency obviously stay healthy but uh there's no doubt about it and the other big thing i want to see too is do, do you kind of like um I'm trying to think of the right word here because I, I i definitely well, I'm trying to think of the words. It's not a hot seat by any means mm -hmm. but i am curious to see kevin stefanski in his third year right because I mean, you have this amazing first year, and then last year didn't go the way you planned. Um, I think this is a big year for him. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair point. I, I think I, I think it's both ways. If Deshaun Watson plays whatever most of the season, right, eleven games, then it's a big season for Kevin Stefanski. So now you got a big time quarterback. You better go win games with him, right? And your offense better look like a big time offense because you're not going to be able to blame your quarterback like you could when Mayfield struggled. Um, now, if Watson doesn't play and the Browns aren't able to figure it out and win games, all of a sudden, you know, does Kevin Stefanski become some kind of scapegoat, right? If Like if the wheels come off and they go, uh, whatever, 5-12. and 12, All of a sudden, you know, do you look at Kevin Stefanski and go, well, you know, I know he didn't have his quarterback, but this roster is really good. Um, should have been able to win more games. So I'm with you. I do think there is pressure on Stefanski, especially when he wasn't, and it's not only him, but part of it was him, when he wasn't able to follow up the rookie success he had, right? Coach of the year. Um, and there was a, you know, regression might be too strong, but there's certainly a letdown in year two. So I think that's a fair point for sure, Chuck. Yeah, and I just, you know, everyone keeps – talking and you've mentioned it and you know i you see it everywhere that 
this team has so much talent and the talent to win now, right? Because that's why it's so important. Like people say, well, if Watson misses a year, you missed out on this big window where they're ready to win now. I think I need to be shown by this organization. They need to prove that to me. Uh, you know, it's, it's one thing to have, you know, Miles Garrett and Chubb and, 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 and have these great players, but it's another thing to go out there and do it. So that's the big thing for me is I, I just want them to go out and prove to me, you know, and prove to Browns fans that they are deserving of having that title of ready to win now type of team. That's, that's completely fair. And, you know, it, you know, you try to save time. So, you know, you say stuff like, you know, the playoff caliber roster, which I really believe, right. And I've studied this roster, but that doesn't mean there are question marks. And I mentioned receiver, I mentioned D tackle, but you look at tight end, you know, David Njoku who's got all the potential in the world. I don't think he's produced enough with that potential. All of a sudden he's going to be the guy. There's no Austin Hooper anymore. Um, Harrison Bryant's not your starter. David Njoku is the starter. Can he play like that? Can he play like a top 12 tight end and produce, um, you know, and then can Harrison Bryant be a, a worthy number two, right? That's a question. Um, but there's not a lot of questions on this roster. You know, like, I like their DNs. I like their linebackers. I really like the secondary. Um, I like their offensive line. I love their running backs, right? So, you know, I, again, last year was a passing game that hurt them. And I guess if it's Jacoby Brissett throwing to Amari Cooper and a bunch of guys, then maybe the passing game will be an issue again, right? And that would fall on Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski for not solving that enough. Um, but I, I do feel like, the roster as a whole compares with pretty much anybody in the league. If you have, you know, if you have Deshaun Watson, a quarterback. Um, so that's why I think there should be expectations. Like I, I do think it's, I, I do think this roster isn't a place where it can win. I get your point completely. It needs to prove it, but I do feel like it's there. Um, and I do think it's fair to say that when you talk about that window, right. Guys only have so many years in their primes, Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb. Then you get guys in the last year of their contracts, like Jadavion Clowney's only on a one-year deal. Kareem Hunt's only on a one-year, you know, is on the last year of his deal. Jack Conklin's in the last year of his deal, where all of a sudden, if that's why you can't just punt on this season, right? If Deshaun Watson suspended, that's why for the whole season, I think you have to look at every option of quarterback, because I think you need to do all you can to win with the roster you have and with this, this roster, right? Not thinking about the future, not, oh, when these rookies develop, it's right now um, because you don't know if it's going to be the same. And you probably, you might not have Clowney. You probably won't have Kareem Hunt. Like, you know, you can go down this list and say, okay, maybe this is the best chance that they have. Not that you can't replace guys, but you know what I mean? I, I just don't think you can say, well, this year got away from us because we didn't have our quarterback for eight, 10 or 17 games. You just can't have that mindset. Um, and, and you need to do everything you can, whether that's signing another D tackle because you're worried about Jordan Elliott or signing another receiver because you're worried about David Bell's foot and or Anthony Schwartz not being able to step up in year two. Like those are the, those are the issues where I don't, I, I think Andrew Barry, and I understand why he's going to trust some of his draft picks, but you have to do it with some skepticism and be ready to be really aggressive to fill some possible holes that crop up through injuries or lack of performance in training camp in the preseason. So tomorrow you've mentioned 
a, a lot of the storylines and the key players. What are the, you know, Scott Petrack out at yeah. camp tomorrow, first practice, you're the eyes of the fans because fans can't be there. What are the first, you know, what are the first two things you're going to look for when you get, when, when, when the team comes out? Yeah, it's going to be all about quarterback, Chud. Yeah, it's going to be all about quarterback. It's how they split in the reps. How does Watson look? Does he look distracted? How are guys kind of, you know, interacting with Watson? Um, when fans show up Saturday, how do the fans react to Watson? Uh, I, I think that'll be interesting. I would expect he would be embraced. Um, but you never know, right? We know that there's some people that were not happy with the move. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a lot about the quarterback early in camp for sure. How does Jacoby Brissett look? Right? We have not seen him take a ton of reps. Um so you need to see him because I think we're going to see him week one, right? So I want to get a – I've watched him play, but I want to get a better feel for him in person, right? How does he throw the ball? How does it come out of his hand? All those kinds of things. Um, once we get past the quarterback, you know, I think some guys to watch. I've already mentioned Anthony Schwartz. They're counting on him. He needs to stay healthy, and he needs to show that he's more comfortable at receiver than he was a year ago when he looked like a speed guy that was injured and didn't have his – you know – didn't have a speed. He didn't look natural at receiver. That needs to change because they're counting on him, especially with David Bell starting camp on pup with the foot injury. There's two guys on the O-line, Jedrick Wills, Jr. at left tackle. I, I got a story up on Browns.com. I talked to him at the end of minicamp. I talked to Bill Callahan, the veteran line coach. Callahan said he expects Wills to take a quantum leap. And it's year three. Wills has been okay, but not great maybe not even really good in two years. And he's a number 10 overall pick. He needs to play at a higher level, uh, especially if this line is going to meet all the expectations for this line. And the same holds true for Nick Harris. He doesn't have to play at an elite level, but he's stepping into J.C. Treader's spot. And J.C. Treader was really good for five years with the Browns. And the, the Browns drafted Harris in the fifth round in 2020 with the idea that he would be the successor. And now he is. And he's got to hold his own. And he's only made two starts in the league. And he's got to prove that there's not a drop-off from J.C. Treader. Jordan Elliott at D-tackle is in the same spot as Anthony Schwartz, but a year older. Third-round pick. Hasn't done, hasn't had much impact in two years. Um, needs to show up. They're counting on him to step in and be like the number one guy in the D-tackle spot. There's Taven Bryan. There's Perry and Winfrey. But, like, Elliott's the guy right now. And he needs to play like it. And if he doesn't, then you start talking about, okay, do, do the Browns need to go get a veteran, a proven veteran there? Um, and then the last thing, Chud, is, you know, rookies, the Browns didn't have a draft pick until the third round, but Emerson, Martin Emerson Jr., the corner, the Browns like this guy a lot. Love his size. I think he's going to compete with Greedy Williams to be that third corner um, who, could, who will play a lot, right? Because we know the offenses go with three wides, and Greg Newsom's going to slide inside in the slot. Mm -hmm. And – Emerson Jr. has a chance to, to play on that outside um, early if he's ready. Um, so he's a guy I'll be paying attention to because I know the coaches like him. All right. I mean, uh, I'm ready. I know I'm yeah. pumped up now. You got me ready. Well, good. I hope I, that worked for the fans. Hey, I, yeah. did want, I did want to ask one non-Browns thing, Chud. Yeah. I know, I know you, you're all over the NFL. Yeah. Kyler Murray, that story yesterday about – did you see it about – the contract, the, the clause in his contract? Uh, I saw the headline. Refresh uh, refresh right. me on that. So, you know, he signed this big contract. It's $160 yeah. million guaranteed or whatever it is. Yeah. This extension. Inside the contract is 
he must spend four interrupted hours a week studying film. Oh, that's right. Right. Yeah. Okay. And if yeah. he doesn't, like, you can the Cardinals can void his contract. Now, <laughs> now, you know, so you you know you're reading all these opinions about it, and the point is, if they felt the need to put that in his contract, right? Do you know quarterbacks? They quarterbacks study. There's quarterbacks who I bet who study four hours a night. Yes. Right? And they're asking him to do four hours a week without watching video games, without watching TV, without looking through his phone. Right? Like, <laughs> th- there obviously was something in his first three years in the league that they were worried about where they felt the need to put that in there. So it's scary that you commit this kind of money to a guy that, that bothers you um, and that you can't trust to do it. Right? Don't you think you'd say, hey, Kyler, we need, it, we need you to have a more disciplined – study approach right but to put it in a contract where you can de- void the contract or you can default on the contract whatever and then you know it's going to become public because all these contracts go through the nfl and people see them it's mind-boggling to me and it's just you know we talk so much about quarterbacks um i, I just think it's fascinating and if you care if you're arizona it's going to be a story that follows him right. Until he shuts everybody up. And it took this, you know, this kind of happy moment of they locked up their franchise quarterback to, Oh my gosh, now they look kind of silly, you know? So um, I I just thought it was a random Monday, you know, before training camp. And I I just thought it was a crazy story. Yeah. That came out. um, That came out yesterday. Yeah. 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 So um, in in my world, I usually catch up on a lot of that stuff, uh, you know, cause, uh, there there is (laughs) there there is a show i listen to and uh you know they they've been very hard on that guy and in the national media and talking about the exact same things that you just talked about and you know why you know why things have not gone well there and and it's it's a lot of what you just talked about and that you know you're talking about with, with baker earlier with the maturity level so um you know, he definitely has, it's amazing how much talent that guy has, but um, boy, you're right about that. So I can't wait to listen today and, and catch up on that story. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that is, that is fascinating. It's unbelievable because it, it goes back to what too, I, when we were talking about Tom Brady and, and, and all of the, the greats, like you mentioned that do four hours a night, the, the, the greatest quarterbacks have it between the ears, man. Yep. And that's, that's where it is. They, they know how to prepare. They know how to handle situations. And ultimately, you know, that performance shows up on the field. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, you know, I've, I was never a Kyler Murray guy. And part of that's a height bias, right? I like my quarterbacks bigger. Um, but that's not the only reason. And then when you hear this, um, it just makes me doubt him. Like, even if, even if you said, okay, he's going to devote himself for the next three years. Um, like if you're not internally motivated to study like that, um, to prepare like that, then even if you win a Super Bowl, like I almost feel like at some point you're going to let your guard down, right? And relax. And maybe it would be a maybe any success he has over the next three years. I mean, he could, right? He could have big time success because he is crazy talented. You know, it's in a different way than some quarterbacks, but he's crazy talented. Um, you feel like it would almost be maybe a one and done thing, a fleeting thing where guys like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, right. You don't worry about that, right. They're playing into their forties because they love it. And cause it's what drives them. 
And I mean, it's it feels silly because it's a five paragraph clause, but I can in not having known Kyler Murray at all. Now I completely doubt everything about him. Yeah. Right. What a story. Yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating. All right, Judd, you ready? I guess we're ready for camp, huh? You got me. You got me fired up. You know, it's like the it's like the first day of school tomorrow. You know, Browns are. uh, Browns are back. Like you said, fans come on Saturday and then, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, for, and, and before you know, it, we'll be, we'll be able to talk a little fantasy on here. Yeah, so right, I know, right. uh, it, it's, it's, it's a great time, right? You never want to see the summer end, but the, the silver lining is football's back and it's just, it's so much fun for everyone. No, you got that right. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Chud. And, uh, I guess we'll start doing these on a regular basis and start talking about the Browns, huh? Let's do it. I'm nice. ready. Sounds great. Thanks, Chud. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Zone Coverage, and you can read all my work at brownzone.com. Thanks.